Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We are uh, super blessed that you chose to join us, and uh, we're grateful that we get to partner together in growing in grace uh, as we talk about the things of the Lord together. You know, I'm always reminded, of whenever I do this show, I'm reminded of uh, Second Peter chapter 1, we've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, and that's where we want the focus to be in our program. So if you're just joining us, give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text me, 720-336-0897, taking your calls and your questions. Uh, this afternoon, we got midweek Bible study tonight here in Colorado, but you can join us, even if you're not here, uh, online. Uh, you can join us online in any other state, or if you're uh, super far from Aurora, uh, you can hop online. The best way to do that is to connect with our free app. Download our free app, turn on notifications, and you can come right into the sanctuary with us. Go to your app store, put my name in there, Ed Taylor. That'll pop our app up right away. Ed Taylor, through that app, you can also listen to Grace FM. Although Grace FM does have its own dedicated app, uh, 20 plus thousand downloads or something like that. Uh, lots of people listening uh, every day, all day through the app, through online. Uh, but put my name in, uh, app will pop up and uh, you can connect with us. We're going to be here 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We're studying the book of Second Peter, verse by verse, and we already kind of know where we're headed in the near future. We're going to finish Second Peter. We're going to study the book of Jude, and then we're going to start a verse-by-verse -verse study in Genesis and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal what Genesis is and what, it, what relevance it has for the year 2021 and beyond. Uh, so you can join us. Our website is calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. But like I said, uh, our app is a very robust, um, reliable uh, platform to stay connected with us, and we would love to serve you no matter where you are. A shout out to everyone on Hope FM, Truth FM, Freedom Radio FM, uh, LP stations around the country, Grace FM, of course. Grace FM is the radio network here at Calvary Church in Aurora. Reaches 80% or so of Colorado's population. What that means is it doesn't mean 80% is listening. It means it has that kind of reach. Imagine that. Uh, between our station up in Loveland and our station down in Colorado Springs, God has enabled us to send out the worship in the Word that covers over 80%. And a lot of uh, 
a lot of the cows and, and livestock on the plains as well. Uh, so hopefully if, if animals get saved, uh, the go- they're getting the gospel constantly. But you know, um, people that work out in the fields, on the farms, uh, oil rigs, uh, they're listening constantly to Grace FM. So uh, prisons, hospitals, kitchens, cars, radio is still very, very powerful. And through the pandemic, it's proven to be a reliable, still, even though it's not the latest technology, uh, you know, obviously getting stuff online and getting things on your phone is the latest cellular technology. Radio isn't, uh, isn't going away. It's pretty powerful. AM and FM, the statistics were showing that many, many people were turning back to or to radio for the first time. So good stuff. 303 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, 702-336-0897. Taking your calls and your question, the phone lines are wide open. Let's go to the text line. Please pray for healing for my dad, Don. He's going on 68 and was given tentative kidney cancer diagnosis. Father, we pray for Don today uh, with this very scary, uh, challenging diagnosis uh, with cancer of the kidneys. I pray, God, for his supernatural healing. I pray for his supernatural healing, even at the hands of natural medicine. Uh, Just men and women you've trained in the medical arts to apply this drug and that drug and, you know, this over here and have this attack over there. Unbelievable what what wisdom you've given to men and women in developing these uh, treatments. And so I pray, God, however it is you choose to handle Don's life, we commit him to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Here's another text. Pray for Shelby. Shelby's in the ICU battling COVID. I want to pray for my friend Fidel as well. And we have so many other people connected to our church. Fortunately, not the, the genesis of COVID was not in our church but a lot of people in our church have been battling COVID at various stages, different families. I was talking to a sister last night, young sister, her whole family contracted COVID, and uh, she's finally coming out of quarantine and healed up on Monday. So uh, a lot of people in different phases of healing. This latest variant uh, has been pretty strong, and... um, you know, it doesn't you don't need the news to tell you this. It's also been very, um, <clears throat> what's the word I want to say, contagious. Uh, people have caught it, and it's also been more serious than the first wave. Um, and this is anecdotal, of course. These are uh, yes, people are are getting out of it. Yes, they're healing up, but it's been it's brutal. It's a brutal fight. It's not just like a common cold. Although for some people, it doesn't affect as much. Some people don't get it at all. Uh, but for those that do, it can be very scary. So we pray for Shelby right now in the ICU. We pray for Pastor Fidel, who's been discharged and at home battling it. But uh, we do pray for Shelby, God, that you uh, would give him the necessary strength to victoriously overcome COVID uh, and the battle therein. And um, Lord, may we never lose it, it, depending, you know, even with everything going on, that we don't want to lose our compassionate, empathetic heart for people that are sick, um, people that are hurting, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. You know, I, that's a, it's, uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000. I was meditating on, uh, Matt, on um, uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, lately. I did uh, staff devos this morning uh, for us, and this section uh, has just been something I've been meditating on. It's the transfiguration. Um, there is, there's a lot to, to consider. Uh, you know, I, I love the verse that really sticks out to me is in verse 8. Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus. And that was the essence of it. Whether, you know, there's a little bit of debate. We were talking it that, that Peter is wanting to build monuments to this movement, uh, to this time period. Um, um, others were looking at this and go, no, he just wanted to enjoy this forever and never come down. Uh, whatever that is, whatever that is, um, at the, the final word was from heaven, right? This is my son, listen to him. Then they looked around and there's nobody else. But then they come down, right? They come down from the mountain and the, there was his disciples there and a great multitude was around them. And then it says in verse 14 of Mark 9, the scribes were disputing with them. Um, the, uh, the word literally means to argue, or it can also mean to contract or to um, <clears throat> inquire, question, reason, dispute, those types of words. And they're fighting, basically. Uh, they're fighting. And as they're fighting, they're in the, in, there's someone, there's a, there's a voice from the crowd, somebody from the multitude says, hey, uh, there's a, there, there is a, let me get back to the text here. Uh, immediately when they saw him, the people were greatly amazed, and he asked the scribes, what are you guys disputing? Uh, one from the crowd said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, uh, and your disciples couldn't cast it out. So, so there's this interaction. Peter, James, and John are up seeing something miraculous, beautiful, uh, laser focus on Jesus, but the scribes just want to argue. Uh, they they want to they they're always disputing. They always got something to try to convince you, uh, and so much so that there is somebody in the crowd whose son wasn't healed, who's dealing with difficult home because his son is has a mute spirit and it's constantly seizing him, throwing him down, foaming at the mouth, gnashing at the teeth, becoming rigid. And the scribes are picking a fight with the disciples. The disciples obviously are not praying and fasting. We know that later, but there's just human need all around us. And it's, it's much easier to get involved in debates and drama, conspiracy theories, weirdness, um, opinions, convictions, and neglect an empathetic heart for those around us. And so, church, I'm just asking you to pray for an empathetic heart. Pray that you, if you have stopped caring, like you could care for something more than you care for someone. Um, you know, the, you can, I, I want to repeat that, you can care for something more than you care for someone. And even even something like, well, it's my conviction, it's what I believe, it's what I fought for, and and just neglect the person. Um, you know, I, I was thinking too 
Um, remember that the Pharisees, and, and we were even talking about this in our pastor's meeting, but in the Pharisees, Jesus said in Luke 11, but woe to you Pharisees, you tithe, mint and rue and all manner of herbs, but pass by justice and the love of God. So they're tithing, but they pass by justice. That means they, they encourage injustice and they pass by the love of God. He says, you ought to have done, you, you, these you ought to have done without the leaving the others undone. Um, and we were talking with the pastors a little bit about this in our pastors meeting today, just thinking, you know, it, it, we just, it's one thing to identify, let's identify and pray, but we could actually become Pharisaical ourselves as we're pointing out the Pharisees. So we just, Lord, help us. Uh, we'll identify things. Uh, but also we'll just walk in faith, trusting in you. Uh, and, and you know, we got to call things out tonight. We'll be looking at false teachers in Second Peter for sure. Uh, but we can't let that, we, we can't let that go to the wayside while we pass by the love of God. Unbelievable. That, that's an unbelievable consideration. 303-69, what is it? Six nine zero three thousand. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. Where are we? We're going to start here with Penny in Maryland. Welcome to the program. Thank you. So the number is six nine zero. Just in case you may forget the next time. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, so I was calling about fasting, and I want to know. Other than in the Bible, it speaks of fast. Speaks of fasting about food. Where in the Bible are the practical ways of fasting? And I know the other one in the Bible is speaks of being away from um, your husband or your wife for a period of time just for fasting, praying fasting. I just want to know, is there other practical ways in the Bible for fasting? Well, you know, we have we have that instruction. The most the most thorough instruction on fasting uh, comes to us from Jesus, right? He um, gives us insight of the expectation to fast. Um, it is not necessarily a command, but an expectation. And we know that many times believers fasted. the The strict definition of fasting is abstaining from food. That, that is the definition. That's where we start, the abstaining of food. And the idea behind fasting is that we are, are starving the, the humanity in us. We're not starving in the sense that we want to hurt ourselves, but we are, we are disciplining our bodies from taking in food while at the same time feeding our spirit. Um, it gives us an ability of great discipline. Uh, so we're starving the flesh and feeding the spirit. And the most demonstrative way in the scriptures of fasting is, is food. Um, and, but with that, with that in mind now, Fasting, there's really not an example of fasting other than food in the scriptures. So any of the other examples are us taking the principle and saying, okay, what else is there in our flesh that could be starved? You know, and so we talk about 
staying off of social media. You can, whenever you use the word fast, you can say, oh, I'm fasting social media. And what you're meaning is, is that you are not going to part, be taking in and partaking of fasting, um, but rather we're going to give up um, anything that is, um, anything th- that we give up temporarily will give us opportunity to fast complete or to focus. We fast in order to focus completely on the things of the Lord. So the principle is really what we apply because the fasting really by definition is withholding of food. Okay, so you you really I think you answered my question because I fast, but I don't fast from food. But then I said, well, if I'm being, being disobedient because I fast like not watching TV, and I could not watch TV for weeks at a time, sure, even months sure. at a time. Yes. I think that's something that I, I like to do. But if I'm not being obedient for the Bible, say, with the fasting of food, or, or you know, that's why. That's why well, I, I would say this. I, wonder. I would say this. I really think you need to extend your fasting to food in some way. Maybe your medical and health history doesn't allow you to do a complete fast. So, you know, in in cooperation with your doctor, uh, you could find different things that, and it has to be something you really, really like, right? You can't say, well, you know what, Pastor, I think I'm going to fast Brussels sprouts. Well, who in the world wants to eat those anyway? So we want to fast something that that is very valuable to us. It could be you could fast a particular Um, food that you like. You could fast candy if that's the case. Uh, But most of us that are healthy can do a full fast. Um, And it could be for a day. It could be for a couple of days. As a matter of fact, I think fasting uh, is very helpful when it's more than a day because then your body really reacts to... Because, I mean, even the world understands the value. Now it's a a new diet system, right? What do they call it? They call it um, uh, periodic fasting maybe or... They got a new thing for it where now it's a diet, um, but it's intermittent. It, they call it intermittent fa- fasting, and and so the okay. the reality is is that a spiritual fast is far greater, and and there's full fast and then there's partial fast, right? Because uh, Daniel made a decision to have a partial fast, uh, and you know it. I wouldn't embark on it if you're not, you know, if you do have some health challenges, I would just go to the, I would make a doctor's appointment or maybe one of those telehealth and say, hey, look, I'm a Christian. Part of my teachings in the Bible encourages me to fast. What are your suggestions knowing my health history? What can I do without harming my body? Okay, that sounds great. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Right now, I am on a fast of social media. Um, It has been, I did it for my vacation. Uh, That's how it started. I was just going to be off for a week. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit, this was back in June. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, go all the way to the end of June. And then I felt like he was saying, go all the way to July. And now we're in September. And it's been good. Uh, I have looked a couple times uh, at our church's Instagram because we we just added a new team member uh, that is overseeing our social media, so I wanted to see with my own eyes uh, what's being posted. 
um, but I haven't been looking at other people's posts like I used to. There's a couple reasons. One, um, I felt like I was it was stirring up in me a little jealousy, uh, a little covetousness of other people's ministries or sometimes other people's food, and it just it's it become a number one. Number two, I also noticed that I was spending a lot of time on it because you know it does keep track of your time, and I was noticing I was spending too much time on it and and thirdly i just needed to obey uh the impressions of the lord i just felt like if i didn't obey well it's just social media i'm not really in sin which i think is true i wasn't really in sin uh, but i think i would have been in sin if i didn't obey the promptings of the holy spirit and uh, i'm you know i'm not gonna i don't think i'm gonna stay away forever uh however i do think it's been a cleansing and when I go back, I don't think I'll go back to the intensity or the time commitment that I was before, um, but it's been good. And, and our new social media uh, team and the creative team is just killing it. They're just unbelievable. It's just such good tool for communication. And I know we got a lot more ideas. I mean, I was just thinking because I was talking to Josh and, and some of the team today about Refresh and you know that those their ideas far outpace my ideas. I mean, they, 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 the creativeness and the thinking far outpass. It's almost like I felt like after this last meeting before I came into the studio, I'm just thinking, you know, maybe I'm just at a limit. Uh, maybe I've hit my limit, and I mean, in many ways, I think I have hit my limit. But that's where the Lord allows you to serve with so many wonderful people, with so many wonderful ideas that have autonomy in what God has given them, but also in our autonomy, we're a part of a team. Uh, one of the things I like to remind us all here is that uh, I use this phrase, we is the language of ministry. Not I, not you, but we. And yes, there is the autonomy and individuality of who we are, how God's blessed us, our gifts and talents. I think of Kevin, and uh, if you guys know Kevin, he's hyper, hyper intelligent. Like he has, he has a lot of smarts. He's a very smart man, and and so God has given him oversight of the radio station, which requires that kind of. It is perfect for him, and I mean Kevin's been around since the school when before we had a radio station, but God knew bringing him and his family into this church, God knew ahead of time that he would be used in this season to make Grace FM take it to the next level. Uh, and so I look at that all around, the, the various men and women, both here now and those that have been with us in the past. Um, you know, God has brought people into, into our ministry for a season, uh, used them in great, incredible ways, and, and then took him into another season. Um, I just did a, a video, and I'm, I got one open line, 303-690-3000. I just want to share this. I just did a video for Calvary Chapel University. I'm on the board of Calvary Chapel University, and they asked me to do a, uh, a devotional encouragement for graduates. And just I was just encouraged by Nehemiah. What struck out at me about Nehemiah was that it says it opens up. He was just at the Citadel in Shushan. I mean, this guy hyper-educated, um, uh, intelligent. Uh, he's got leadership skills beyond your belief. And how did God use him? In an unbelieving uh, citadel working for uh, the Babylonian king. 
um, unbelievable. Um, God eventually moved him to go rebuild the walls and be a part of re- the restoring worship to Jerusalem, but God had him where he was for a reason. And, and so you listening, you're spread out throughout your community, whatever you might be doing wor- for work, whatever you might be doing, community service, whatever you might be doing in the neighborhood you live in, uh, you're there by the will of God. And it's encouraging, just like people here at the church. They're here by the will of God. All right, let's go over to, uh, it looks like uh, Lorraine. Lorraine, welcome to the program. Hey, Lorraine, are you there? I think I hit the button. I can answer her question really briefly here. Uh, It says, get back to my call screen. Will there be a perfect world in the millennium? Sort of. Now, the environment of the millennium will be the fulfillment of the promises of God of a righteous rule of Christ, but at the end, there'll be a releasing of Satan to tempt those that hadn't been tempted that way before. So it's an interesting question the way it's asked because, uh, yes, under the righteous rule uh, enforcement of Jesus Christ, it's going to be a beautiful, wonderful experience, but it won't be perfect because not everybody. It will be. It will be the best of the best before the eternal state. Um, but it's still going to be touched and tainted by sin um, in some ways. So, using the word "perfect," we can't quite use that word. But it's going to be a beautiful, peaceful fulfillment of prophecy. Um, so good. 303 690 303 I'm a born again. I'm going to save the call for after the break so we don't, because we're coming up on a break. So I'm going to save that ephod if you're on the line from Blackhawk. Let's see. It's Steve. Stay, stay with me, Steve, uh, until after the break because I, I don't want the break to cut our phone call. So I'll go to a text question. I'm born again Christian that struggle with alcohol for 15 years. I was told yesterday that I have full liver failure, but no cirrhosis, which means there's hope to restore the liver. God is good, and I'm, and I'm faithful. Uh, I'm not feeling well, and I know Satan's trying to take me out, but God's not allowing it. I'm done with that poison and ready to let God use me uh, through uh, as a testimony. Please pray for a full healing. And I just want to affirm that, that whom the, the Bible says, whom the Lord sets free, he, is, he or she is free indeed. And there is a real freedom from alcohol that's available to you by faith, moment by moment, day by day. I've been sober now for 30 plus years. So 30 years and seven months or so, uh, I've been sober. And it's a sobriety that's been day by day. I, I can say that when I was born again, that the struggle with alcohol and drugs was removed from my life, and I'm grateful. Uh, I know that not everybody experiences that like I did, uh, but many people do. And, and so you may very well now, after 15 years, have experienced in a full way the deliverance of God from alcohol and a reminder of this testimony that there's no cirrhosis and there's a possibility of healing. So, Father, I pray for this born-again believer 
who is uh, embarking on a sober life. And I pray for everyone listening that is battling still the monster and the wickedness of substance abuse, alcohol, drugs, food, whatever it might be, under, under bondage. I pray you would break the bonds, break the shackles, and by faith, they'll walk in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're coming up on a break, the only, first and only break of the show. Uh, it is kind of a stretch break and a little water break. Uh, so stick around. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes, and we'll go right back to the phone lines uh, in a moment with Steve. So hang on. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to Calvary Live. Glad that you have joined us. The number to dial is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go right to the phone lines because Steve has been waiting patiently in Blackhawk, Colorado. Steve, welcome to the program. Worth the wait. <laughs> I just wanted to call and ask you, do you know of any significance of the the priestly garbs uh, in, in in the Old Testament uh uh, uh, the ephod specifically, uh, I, I know when David, uh, called for Abiathar to, uh, bring the ephod so that he could consult God and find, find out what the will is, uh, was there supposedly any, any power in the, in the garb itself, or was it merely, uh, just, uh, uh, Ritual. Yeah, I don't think there was any power in the garment itself, no. However, many times, I think in the Scriptures, you um, you come to this place where God allows this point of contact, or I think it's what, what th- this idea of having something tangible in order to relate to God is a, is a, what has been a stumbling block with the children of Israel in idolatry from just about the beginning, and... You know the ephod was was a significant garment. It it was representative of the twelve tribes. It it was something that kept the tribes close to the heart of the priest. Um, it was something some believe that uh, within a pouch in the inside of the ephod were the urim and the thummim, which were a black ball, a black kind of a marble rock, and a white one that you would sort of use as a way of determining the will of God, that God would be able to um, choose the proper colored rock, white being yes, black being no. Um, but it was, a, it was a point of contact. It was a place of, uh, rep, it was, a, it was a, uh, a, an article of, that gave representation of the presence of God, you know, in the heart of God, um, that you would keep the... Um, the tribes of Israel close to the heart. Um, I don't think there was any specific power in it, though, no. 
think there was, but I, I wanted to see the significance of it. Uh, I understand that uh, when when Jesus died on the cross, that uh, the last remnants of the separation between God and and humanity was was removed, and we all have direct access to Him now. So yeah, uh, you know, so and, and and as um, because David was the head of a priestly nation. Um, he ac- he exercised a priestly role among Israel, uh, and because of that, the ephod would be very important to him in representing the tribes in battle and having God close to him for seeking out his will. But it was just a garment, um, just like the Ark of the Covenant was just a box, uh, but God chose to dwell there, which set it apart, just like you and I. Now in the new covenant, right? We're just humans, but God has chosen to dwell in us, which gives us um, a special, gives us a special position in the heart of God because He, by His grace, has infilled us and baptized us with His Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thanks for that, and uh, uh, thanks for the new covenant and uh, <laughs> <You bet. laughs> direct access. Amen. Uh, and uh, again. Pray for for that cirrhosis uh, 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 yes. uh, patient uh, uh, that he is healed uh, without medical intervention. I agree. What a powerful, yeah. you know, sometimes Thank it you. takes a doctor's uh, diagnosis to say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm, I don't want to struggle anymore. I, I, I want to be healed. And it was one thing that got his attention of the more greater thing. I love that. Thank you, Pastor Ed. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We already did, Steve. Sandra, Colorado Springs. Welcome to the program. Yes, hi. Hi. Um, I um, just called in real quick because um, I've been kind of disputing with somebody over over the Internet there regarding uh, interpretation of hell, uh, the, the verse in the Bible that says they'll be tormented forever and ever, yes. and this other person found some uh, Greek, Ethiopian Greek text and believes that um, that uh, it doesn't refer to eternity. And he says, then personally, I'm of the belief that those not washed clean by the blood will be burned via the holy fire. And then, in the end, both being cleansed will return to God um, by grace, and the other is atonement by fire. So I, I don't know exactly where this person is coming from, but um, I looked up the Greek in Good. according to Strong, and um, it says, you know, that hell will exist forever. Uh, it's the second death, and, and so it exists. For eternity, and so, but the, I guess the interpretation that he's looking at says that will that it will end at some time in eternity. So, so it will not exist forever. Well, certainly, uh, I don't know what I don't know what troubling, um, what the, who this person is, how they're twisting the scriptures. Listen to what Jesus says and tell me what you think. 
If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. So let's just think of this word never or um, the definition of this is the word asbestos. Um, it means unquenchable, inextinguishable, quenched. And it is um, a fire that's representative of the means of punishment for those who do not believe. So then the question with all this guy's fancy thinking is, what did Jesus mean when he described hell as being described as fire that can never be quenched? So the, so the question I would ask him is, when will the fire be quenched exactly? And that's uh, all, the only question okay. he has to answer. Okay. Right. And I was thinking of also the parable there with Abraham yes. looking up, you know. Um, so I, I just, uh, I'm surprised, I guess, at people's interpretations, and then I did see a video on how the Catholics have gone in and changed the Greek text on a lot of things. And so I don't know if he's following something along there. You know, he says the Greek text that he is reading is called Gies, or, or G-E apostrophe E-Z, Gies, uh, or G-H-I-A-E-Z, you know, um, and he says it's an Ethiopian text. And so... Very rarely does an English word, or the Greek text, or even the Hebrew translated in English, very rarely will you build a doctrine, and I'm trying to think of any kind of doctrines we might build on the nuance of a Greek word. Nuances of Greek words are helpful to describe, to, be, to make things more colorful, because it's a deeper, more descriptive language. But, but I can't really think of one significant doctrine that's built on some nuance of a Greek word. Um, this is a topic that's repeated over and over again um, throughout the scriptures of the significance of eternal judgment. Um, as eternal as God is, it's the same word that's used to describe hell is the same word that's used to describe um, God in his character, in his eternality. And, you know, you can say, well, this word was twisted by this, and, you know, the Ethiopians are the only ones that got it. I mean, with that kind of description, I, who's going to argue with that unless you're Ethiopian and you know, um, uh, what is, is it Arhamic, or what's the language? Um, but even then, you got to keep going through from, from Greek to uh, the popular Ethiopian dialect, then to English, and then to you know, Colorado version of English. No, just let, let the Bible say what it says in its significance. Um, the, we know, according to Matthew 25, hell wasn't even created for humans, but, but demonic spiritual beings. Uh, we know that it's described and compared to burning, um, to fire. It's compared to darkness. It's associated with intense grief and horror. We have a true story of the rich man 
in in hell, uh, wanting wanting Abraham to send messages back to his brothers so they wouldn't experience it. Um, and so the guy that, that's got you hooked, you know, it's, it's like a false teacher. They're throwing hooks out. They got you hooked, got you, you know, you're, you're studying to show yourself approved, but they're just wanting to stumble people. They want people to ask questions they think they can't be answered. And it's in that wondering where they go, oh, no, this is it, and I have the authority. And if you just read the Bible in its simplest form, without any explanation, just the Holy Spirit, it's clear that there's eternal, there is an eternal state and there are two options that are described in the Scriptures in the Bible. There's an option with God and an option without God. And they're both eternal. Yeah, and I believe that, you know, and, and I was thinking of, you know, that passage there, um, you know, because... The, the whole thing was, when is the judgment? Some of them believe that these people on this comment believe that the judgment takes place at the rapture. You know, and so I went in and, you know, had to explain to them, no, the judgment, the great white throne judgment takes place at the end of the thousand-year reign. You know, and the thing is, is the part of the torment, you know, forever and ever, you know, I was thinking of, the disciples, when they, the Lord gave them power over the demons, and they, they were so glad to see that they had that power over the demons. But the Lord said, well, yeah, but that's great, but make sure that your name is written in the Book of Life, you know. And, and so, you know, you think of Judas, he was one of the 12 disciples, and yeah, he probably had power over the demons, you know, um, but you know, then, then in the in the end, there, you know, he if he probably had done as Peter had done and and repented, um, you know, he would have been forgiven. But he did not choose, you know, to repent. You know, so he he was following the Lord for other reasons, you know, maybe monetary or what have you. But anyway, um, to me, you know, the whole purpose is to make sure that your name is written in the Book of Life by following the Lord, you know, and repenting. And, you know, instead, I think maybe some people want to justify their behavior um, you know, so they're they're probably a little bit more liberal. They may have come to the Lord, but then you know they still. Um, well, the I guess the best way to describe it, Sandra. I don't know these guys personally, but tonight, as we're studying in the second half of Second Peter chapter two, these are part of twelve descriptions of these false teachers. Uh, one of the ones is they speak evil of things they don't understand. Um, another one is they carouse in their own deceptions. Uh, another one is they beguile unstable souls. Um, they speak great swelling words of emptiness, uh, and they promise liberty, but even sli- they themselves are slaves of their own corruption. So I don't know what these guys are doing online. It sounds like a big waste of time. Um, and I know that you're injecting yourself in it. 
and I hope that God uses you, but there, there does come a point in time you just cut bait and say, these guys don't want to answer. They just want to stumble and beguile people. Right. So right. I got to go. Thank you, Sandra. God bless you. I appreciate your help. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, I also put together uh, a list of 12 chronological events of the end times. And I do agree with Sandra that the great, great white throne comes at the end of the millennial period um, after Satan is released. However, I do think the Bema seat happens after the rapture. So those are two different judgments that there seems to be a sorting out of rewards and positions that, and the reason I believe it happens after the rapture is it sets you up of where you're going to serve in the millennial period. Like not everybody's going to have an equal responsibility in the millennial period. But the great white throne is at the end of the millennium because that's after everyone has been exposed to the temptations of Satan. So I do agree. If you want a copy of this, email me. Just ask for the end times timeline, and I put it together. Yeah, there's always debate over this stuff, but you can just look at mine and add it to the debate. I don't want to debate with you, but you can always add it to any debate that you're a part of. 303-690-3000. We're going to go out to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Simone, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. You're on the air? Um, I was on my way from work, actually. I'm sitting in my driveway listening um, to your program. Okay. And I'm not a Christian, but I believe the Lord with all my heart and I love the Lord and I'm so tormented in my own skin and I'm not in need of anything Mm -hmm. the Lord has done so much for me and for the life of it I don't know what's holding me back I give so many advice to others about the Lord but I'm not following my own advice. And I wake up at night feeling scared. Mm. I see the angel let me, over my Let me in, my interject house. here. Let me let me interject a little bit and say, okay, so I'm I'm tracking with you, you have a knowledge of God you have some sort of um, affinity and love for God, you haven't come to the place of of repenting of your sin, you know what to do, but you don't do it. If, if you're choosing not to follow through with that final surrendered repentance, what are you do what what type of behaviors are you holding on to that are holding you? Like what are you doing instead? Like what's your lifestyle like? Right now, from work to home, you know, but I have a hard time letting go when somebody did something to me. I just don't forgive. Okay. So do you think think there's a person that you're unwilling to forgive that's holding you back from surrendering your life to Jesus? Have you have you placed that have you placed that person 
in between you and God and think, man, I could never come to God unless I forgive this person? Yes. And so by those choices that you made, you've, you've, you've got it backwards. Um, and I know, how, I know the feeling. I don't know your feeling in particular, but I do know the feeling where you battle this, this daily battle of forgiveness and deep, deep hurt and, and even ongoing hurt. And so you've come to the conclusion where, man, I could never be a true follower of Jesus unless I forgive, but you've got it backwards. And here's how it really is. And this is why God would have you call today. You'll never be able to forgive until you experience the real forgiveness of God. And so God would tell you to come as you are and bring all your baggage and all your difficulty, all your unforgiveness, everything that you're battling in your heart, soul, and mind, and come to him and allow him to take full reign of your life and begin to work inside of you. Right now, he's working on the outside. You're kind of, you have nothing against him. You love him. You, you even understand some of the things that God has revealed to you about his love for you and sending his son Jesus to die for you. But you are incapable of forgiving without the power of God within you. You and I would never be able to forgive um, unless we experience the forgiveness personally. Um, And it's important that you receive the forgiveness of God so that you can then give the forgiveness of God. And that's where it starts. And I think... You know, I think you're ready for it now. What, what do you think? Or you think you're ready to receive the forgiveness of your sin today? Yeah. Are you still with us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm letting you know that it's not required that you forgive everyone in your life before you come to God. But what is required is for you to acknowledge that you need and desire the forgiveness of God in your own life. You want to be able to say this, and you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made alive together with him, having forgiven you of all your trespasses. And you want to be able to say this, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint to another against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And it's that forgiveness that you personally experience. And, and you know, f- forgiveness is not as difficult as we've made it with other people. Because forgiveness is a decision. Just like that. I just snap my fingers. I release you. I forgive you. And the problem is, is we often confuse forgiveness and reconciliation. And we often confuse, well, if I forgive, then I won't hurt anymore. And that's not true. You, you may have been deeply wounded, and you may live until Jesus returns with that deep wound. Um, it may hurt. You, you may have experienced something that no one in the world should have ever had to experience. And and it just won't go away because you're saved. It just won't go away because you're born again. 
it, it the thoughts won't go away the 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 pain won't go away the injustice won't go away it could even get worse however however forgiveness in its definition is i release somebody when i forgive i release them from the debt that they owe me and i i re- i say i say in a very real way you will no longer your hurt and pain will no longer control me and my thoughts i release you i no longer hold it against you and i must have been teaching about this on the radio today because um i got a lot of requests by email uh for the forgiveness packet that we use here and and i want to send it to you so um i want you to email me after you hang up because i want to send you this packet um, I'll send you a link where you could print it out and, and, um, and then read through it. But here's the thing. The packet will mean nothing. You will not be able to understand it unless you commit your life to Jesus Christ, unless you repent and receive the forgiveness of Jesus. Are you, you think you're ready to do that right now? That's the part. <clears throat> That's the part that, um... I'm battling with because I I just have a feeling that I'm gonna see things that I don't want to see because it started before I see things. Yeah, you know what? You are gonna that you 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 know the whole purpose of this phone call. I really believe is. You're right on the edge of having to face reality. That's where you're at. You don't want to live the way that you've been living. You're kind of looking at the future and you go, well, you know, I don't want to wait. I don't want to live that way either. But now you're stuck in the middle. God's allowed you to be stuck between two worlds, a world that is super painful and super hurtful. And you figured out a way to cope with it. You figured out a way to live day by day, but it's kept you far from God. And then the other world is, man, I'm not sure. I don't, if I commit my life to God, then he's going to make me do things that are going to hurt me more. And he's, it's, it's going to be so hard. And I know all these Christians, and I, I've read the Bible, and you know, you got all these things swirling in your mind, and so you'd rather just stay where you are, eternally separate from God, instead of facing the unknown. And, you know, I've been a believer for 30 years. I've been walking with the Lord I've been born again for 30 years. Uh, The last eight years have been very, very hard for me. I mean, you would think the longer you walk with the Lord, the easier it is, but actually it's harder. Deep, deep sin and pain and difficulty um, I've lived with, my family's lived with. Um, However, I would never have wanted to live with this kind of pain as an unbeliever. Because you know what I did? I used to drink really bad. I, I used to be super angry. I used to be like out of control, and if I if these things would have happened to me in that life, it would have been disastrous. Um, and and yet now, walking with the Lord, He's my peace, He's my strength, He's my help, He's my forgiveness, He's my He's He's my all in all. And I've only been getting through day by day because of the grace of God. And I want you to experience the grace of God. You have nothing to fear, but it's going to get harder. 
because you're going to have to deal with things you haven't dealt with in years. It will get harder. You can just expect it. But once you deal with things and you get them behind you, then the, then you open up these new channels of God ministering to you, helping you, strengthening you. But Christianity isn't a pass out of hardness. Um, it just doesn't work that way. It does get harder. Life is hard. But God is so faithful to us. He's going to get us through. He's going to strengthen us. But you can't do it while you're fighting yourself and fighting God at the same time. True. So are you are you near like Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale out there? Um, I don't know. Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale is a very trustworthy church in that community. They have satellite campuses all over, but the main campus is there. Uh, oh, man, I can't remember where it was. It is because you're going to need somebody to walk more than a more than a radio program. You're going to need someone to walk alongside of you and help you. And they've got amazing resources and people there. Um, and it is it is on where is their location their address is oh there's the music okay put her on hold i'm going to go in the studio um and i'm going to finish this in studio so stay on hold i'm going to come and um connect with you i'll give you the address and i hope i get to pray with you to receive the lord jesus christ so everybody listening pray right now because i'm not going to be done with this phone call and uh, thanks for joining me. Come on out to service tonight. Um, I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.